Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Marketatomy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome back to Charged Up Studio, where we navigate the highs and lows of the business world with the brightest minds in the field. Today, we are about to explore a subject that resonates with every entrepreneur out there, resilience. I'm Dana Olivo, your host, and we are continuing our focus this month on unleashing creative entrepreneurship, transforming visions into reality. I'm excited to bring my guest to you today. He's call, his calling is to help people move forward in their lives professionally, financially, and personally, and spiritually. He's a nationally syndicated radio talk show host, author, and keynote speaker. He's worked with a plethora of startups and seasoned entrepreneurs, guiding them through the challenging terrains of entrepreneurship and maintaining a mindset of unwavering stamina. Let's all give a charged up studio welcome to Mr. Jay Mamie or Mimey. Actually, it's Mamie. So you got it right the first time. Got it right the first time. So welcome, Jay. Thanks for having me, Dane. I've really been uh, looking forward to this. So uh, yeah. let's bring some value to the folks. Let's do it. Let's do it. So before we get started, I always kick off my sessions with one question designed to give our audience a little insight into who you are. So are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So if you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice, what advice would you give him and at what age? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, that's something that I think about often, uh, especially when I realize that uh, there's some mistakes I could have avoided, some experiences that I could have avoided had I had early on a mentor. So if I could give my earlier person an advice, I would have said, I would tell the earlier version of me, find someone who can help you avoid the landmines so that you can make better decisions and avoid experiences that didn't serve you. Yeah. Uh, and I would I would have done that back when I was 18 or 19. Right. Uh, because I didn't have any mentors in my life. I didn't have uh, nutritious people around me that were beyond my environment. I grew up in Spanish Harlem. Uh, oh, wow. and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's I was a that's a tough area. 
that's a tough area. You know, that's a tough area. So they, they, they weren't available uh, positive mentors of any kind. There was plenty of mentors, but none of them are positive. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't have that. And going through college, I didn't have, I didn't understand the value of someone that could pour wisdom into you that you can certainly leverage when you hit the crossroads in life. Right. That's true. So eventually you learn them way down the road. That's the one piece of advice I would give myself, Dana, that I yeah. let, go find a mentor that has the right spirit, the right heart, like-minded and, uh, and latch on tight. Exactly. No, I fully agree with you. You know, you, you waste a lot of time, uh, not, not in lessons learned because you learn from every mistake that you go through, but you waste a lot of time learning those mm -hmm. lessons. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly so if right. You can avoid learning those lessons the hard way and learn from someone who's been there, done that. <laughs> it makes it so much better. So much better. Well, you know, there, there, there's certain, as, as you said, Dana, there's certain things in life you have to go through yeah. because they shape you. They help you become who you are. Uh, they chisel away at your character, right? That's how you become this person down the road that hopefully is a role model to someone else. Um, so you're going to make those mistakes. But the value of having someone say, hey, uh, you might not want to go that route, go this route, it mitigates uh, the risk of the mistake and mitigates the repercussions of the mistake so that you don't waste a lot of time in recovery. Yeah. And that's that's absolutely true. I mean, understandably, you have to be of the mindset where you will take the advice because mm -hmm. there are some of us that would rather, you know, touch the burner without, you know, <laughs> right, not worrying right. about being, you know, burned or whatever. So. <laughs> All right. So let's just dive in here. OK, right. So uh, to start off, can you define what entrepreneurial resilience means to you and why it is so vital in today's business environment? Yeah, Dan, that's a great question. I get that question asked a lot. I've, I've written uh, blogs on it. Uh, parts of my books talk about resiliency. It's one of my talks. Uh, I think resiliency has lots of components to it. Um, before the person enters this world of entrepreneurship, uh, they have to be mentally prepared. In other words, if they are not mentally resilient already, long before they become an entrepreneur, then the entrepreneurial experience is not going to pan out as well because they don't have the gene of resiliency. Right. The, the gene of resiliency has to be there before you attempt anything. Um, and one of the things I always encourage people to examine is which overriding gene do you have, the gene of resiliency or the gene of complacency? Because one is gonna overcome the other. If you are a person that leans towards being complacent, then resiliency doesn't stand a chance, right? It may, it may pop up every now and then, but complacency will override that, that desire, that, that uh, resilient uh, desire to move forward, always. So you have to have what I call a checkup from the neck up. Are you more complacent minded or are you resilient minded? Because you can carry that resiliency over into anything you attempt, music, sports, fitness, entrepreneur. It's going to help you get through. Okay. Right. So that's the first thing I always encourage people to do is let's, let's make sure you know who you are. Let's make right. sure that you understand your makeup, your DNA, um, and what kind of person you are before you get involved in any, in this case, entrepreneurial expression, right? 
Uh, then the second the second part of resiliency is I believe having a set goal or what is it that's going to pull you into tomorrow. See, when I was struggling and I had my own challenges, I knew why I was doing what I was doing. I had a vision of, of tomorrow. For me, it was easy. I grew up in the hood. We grew up poor. Yeah. So I, I didn't have to come up with a whole lot of reasons to push hard. I just didn't want to go back to where I grew up. Right. Uh, so that for me was just my resilient point. I'm not going to struggle. And I don't care how many people say no. I don't care how many doors I got to knock on. I don't, many, I don't care how many times I have to revamp and pivot. I'm not going backwards. Right. right. That, that's a resilient spirit right there. Right. I'm not going backwards. So you have to know why you are going to fight the fight. It has and to that, be important to you. It has to be that important to you. Well, yeah. it has to. Yeah, it, it has to. But it has to also go into another level of importance. Um, and, and I'll give an example if I can, Dana, for, yeah. for those. Because right? this now we're talking to this is inside locker room talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. So oftentimes when I do sales coaching talks to sales groups, which is usually the, the, the arena that I'm in. I asked them um, if you, uh, those that are struggling with, with making more contacts, making more phone calls, getting more business, getting more sales. I asked them if you got a phone call in the middle of the night and you've got what you think are your kids in the room next door. And on the other side of that phone, all of a sudden there's a deep, dark, scary voice that you know you're not supposed to get phone calls like that at three o'clock in the morning. And they simply say to you, We've got your chi your children or you've got your child and you run into the other room and you see that they're missing. And that person on the other line says to you, if you don't write five pieces of business, if you don't make X amount of connections, if you don't if you don't do whatever the sales goal is that you're that you're not getting right now. Right. In the next 24 hours, you'll never see your child again. Wow. Well, you're not going to go back to sleep. <laughs> talk about a and motivator say, yeah right you're not going to, you're going to do whatever you need to do to make sure that you see your children again and if it's a, a thousand phone calls a hundred presentations say it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't even matter because you're so uh um resilient to get that goal done because you want to see your children again yeah right yeah that's resiliency Resilient is you're going to do it because it matters more than being important. It's life. It's something greater than being important because you can talk yourself out of something that's important. You could you could rationalize and compromise and make all sorts of things. But when it gets to the point that if you don't do it, um, some dramatic, catastrophic situation is going to occur. Right. Um, that's the reason. Those are the reasons you got to find. That's got to pull you yeah. into tomorrow. That's what resiliency demands of you. No, definitely. You know, talk about a motivator. You know, when when you're talking about uh, your your kids or your wife or or you know uh, financial bankruptcy or you know right. or something like that. You know, those are motivators that are going to you know uh, really put that pressure on you to to succeed. To That's succeed right. And keep going. And and it's interesting that you talk about that because. Um, I just got off another um, uh, podcast interview when we were talking about culture and the culture in business. You know, again, in order to make the business success, success 
and building in a culture for that business, it's the same thing that has to go behind that, you know, because that culture is what's going to grow the business. Absolutely. And if you can't get your employees motivated to that, that sense, then you're, you know, beating your head against the wall, you know? Um, so yeah. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Talk about, you know, when you talk about kids, I can relate to that. <laughs> I can relate who, to that. Right. I mean, who, who can't, right? I mean, that's yeah. your most precious treasure, right? And when you start a business, you've got to have that mindset, you know, because you are going to hit those roadblocks. You're going to hit those, you know, those, those hurdles that you're going to have to overcome. And as a strategist, when I work with my clients, you know, you've got to anticipate them before they happen. Correct. You've got to be looking ahead and paying attention to what's going on around you. And when you're so busy in your business, you're not paying attention what's going about your business. You're going to hit those roadblocks. That's exactly what's happened in 2008 with mm -hmm. our recession back then and mm -hmm. the architectural engineering construction market. They were completely blindsided. You know, COVID completely blindsided Absolutely. a whole bunch mm -hmm. of companies. You know, um, so if you can't anticipate what could happen and have a mitigation strategy for maneuvering that, and this is where you're talking about that, that resilience, that no matter what, I'm going to get through this, you know. You know, one of the, one of the components um, about resiliency is, as you just mentioned, you, you have a backup plan, right? Yeah, throwing in the towel is not a backup plan. No. Uh, uh, you, and so if COVID occurs, a pandemic occurs, a market crash occurs, yeah, things are going to get rough. And, and it may very well call for you to now implement the backup plan. Right. Because some way, somehow, you're going to make it, whether it's the original plan or the backup plan. You know, resiliency forces you to say, uh, let me work on a backup plan. And yeah. that's where you just, in most companies, yeah. um, you know, you can have somebody who is resilient uh, to, to an extent, but they don't have that backup plan. So when they uh, run into some tough time, they throw in the towel. Right, right. No, that's true. That's true. And, and that's why we have what many call serial entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They try, they fail. Right. That's right. Serial. That's using, right. using the, the lessons learned from the first time, you know, and the, mm -hmm. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur three times over. This is my third time. What I learned in the first two times told me what I did wrong and didn't know what I didn't know. You mm -hmm. know, so now you, you move forward with the lessons learned. So let's talk a little bit about the intentional cultivation of the mindset. Okay. When we talk about that, what are the first steps? an entrepreneur should take to build this resilience and what tools or practices do you recommend? Well, I, I think we're talking about the mindset part because there's two types of ways to build this resiliency as you're building your business. One is mindset, but then is skill set, right? Mindset and skill set. You could have the right mindset for stuff, but you're lacking the skill set and that's not going to help you. You could have great skill set, but you're lacking the mindset and that's not going to help out either. You have to have both. So right. what I always encourage people to do is have a, an honest, honest personal assessment. 
And I'm very frank with folks. It just comes with the territory. I let people know, let's, let's, let's assess what you're good at and what you're not good at. Let's assess what you are deficient in and let's assess what you are efficient in. And you, there's no room for pride here. There's no room for glamour. There's no room for delusion because those things will come back and bite you in the butt in business. You have to get real and raw and recognize these are the areas that I am absolutely sucky in. I have awful communication skills. I have awful sales skills. I have awful people skills. I don't have the right resource. I don't have the right coaching. I don't have a compass. I don't have anything that gives me a way to be accountable to anybody. I'm deficient in these areas. Okay. But I'm pretty good in these. Right. That's the first step. Personal introspection, number one. Number two is then implementing whatever it is that you are given as instruction mm -hmm. to improve those areas of deficiency. You and I have worked with many people over the years, right, Dana, where you identify the deficiencies, you identify what's wrong, but they don't take the action necessary right. to implement the advice. Right. right, right. And you can't force them to. You can't, you yeah. can't. I did a workshop in New York about a month ago, and I think you'll appreciate this because it speaks to what we're saying. So I had a bunch of real estate investors in the room and uh, I, I started off by giving people the, the, the Jay Maney intro, which is always right between the eyes. <laughs> but then that's I hug them and love the them. Best, that's right? the best approach. Yeah. It's right between the eyes. I'm not sugarcoating it, but I have humor. I have fun. And, and people know I do it in, in, in love. Right. Yeah. But I said to them, guys, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Today, you're going to get a lot. Uh, knowledge and I grew financial concepts but if you walk out of here with knowledge you're no better than you showing up because there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom wisdom is the application of it when somebody is wise is because they've learned something and they've applied it right. learning for the sake of learning knowledge for the sake of knowledge information for the sake of information it's not going to help you until you implement it. Right. That's, 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 that's good. <laughs> yeah, That's good. <laughs> right. So, and I tell them the opposite. So, so what happens when you get knowledge, information, facts, all the stuff you think you need to know and you do, and it's good, but you don't implement, you never cross the bridge to wisdom by default. You are a fool. Because only a fool knows the things they need to do, gets the information to implement it, and still doesn't do it. That's a fool. Wow. Yeah. Ignorant is when you don't have the information yet, so you can't make good decisions. If you're ignorant, you don't have the information. Wow. Yeah. No. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, definitely. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I love the... the um, what you say, the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Um, that was something that was introduced to me, you know, many years ago. And, you know, that's the difference between what you learn in school and what you learn on the job or out in the environment. You know, uh, uh, you, know you can learn book smarts. You can get everything you need from school. I went back to school after my first to fail businesses. And that's where I learned what I didn't know. I didn't know about running a successful business. 
But it wasn't until I started this third business with that knowledge that I became wise in what mm-hmm. I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> no, very good, very good. So, Thank how you. do you di- differentiate between healthy resilience? and stubborn persistence that might lead to burnout? What signs should entrepreneurs look out for? Well, I, I think you have to have benchmarks. And that's a, that's a fabulous question. Yeah. Um, because you can't arrive at a place of burnout for a couple of reasons, two reasons. Number one, you don't assess at the, you have no benchmarks. In other words, if you don't say, I'm going to hit this goal, I'm going to see how long it takes me to do this project or achieve this milestone. And you blow right through the milestone without taking time to say, hey, there's my benchmark, assess, and then maybe set another benchmark and you just continue to blow through them. You're gonna tire. You're not gonna give yourself a chance to really recollect the goodness of what you've done so far, um, especially if you're doing it on your own. If you're working with others who can pull uh, pull you aside or at least force you to, 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 to stop and, and examine, okay, somebody else is going to hold you from running to the next uh, a goal or benchmark. But okay. if you're by yourself, that's a deadly place to be because it's just you, right? And yep. we don't have the, the, the ability, most people do not have the capabilities to know when I have to stop. Yeah. If somebody else has to call it out and say, hey, you know, you've done well, it's time to assess. Or uh, you're not doing as well as you thought, why are you stopping? <laughs> yeah. You still have a little bit more to go. Right? Yeah. That, that uh, accountability is so important. And that's the other point I was going to make. You burn out when you don't have anyone that holds you accountable. You have no accountability system. Uh, so number one, you don't have any benchmarks. And number two, you have no one who holds you accountable or you don't have anybody that can at least uh, be your go-to to to be honest with you and give you honest assessment and not delusional feedback like most of us are capable to give ourselves delusional feedback. We oftentimes think we're doing better than we're doing or sometimes we think we're doing worse than we really are. Uh, We're not doing as bad as we think we are. So a third party to give you honest assessment is critical so that you avoid the potential for that burnout. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, as small business owners, when we start out, oftentimes, you know, a a lot of us are working in a vacuum. When you think about it, it's just Mm -hmm. you, you're making the decision, you're the decision maker, you're doing this, you're doing that. And, you know, a lot of times you get so overwhelmed with the amount of work that you realize you have to get done, that you end up just shutting down. you know, I use a term, it's called you're, you're struggling with OPA or you're suffering OPA. And that's when you become so overwhelmed with the amount of work that you need to do that you become paralyzed because you don't know where to start, what to do first, what to do next. And so you tend to avoid doing anything, hoping it's going to take care of itself or you'll take care of it later and <laughs> procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that you can't do it all. And delegation is a key point there. Understanding that you don't have to do it all, but bringing in those coaches and mentors. Correct. That is critical. Having that, that, that um, system in place to where you can bounce your ideas and your thoughts and, 
you know, off somebody else that can give you some solid advice on what you should be doing next. Absolutely. You know, that's critical. So, Absolutely yeah. critical. Yeah. No, definitely. So, in your experience, how has the pandemic or other global events impacted entrepreneurial resilience? Okay. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, that's, I, I experienced that all the time. And, and now, you know, a year after the pandemic sort of subsided and people are, are back to normal, um, that's when I can see the changes. So what I believe uh, the pandemic did for those that are resilient, it forced them to pivot. Exactly. It forced them to pivot. It forced yeah. them to, like I said earlier, not throw in the towel, but start working on a, a backup plan if they didn't have one or exercising the backup plan. Right. But there, there's one thing for people, Dana, um, that I don't think a lot of people oftentimes know of themselves, don't give themselves credit because they're never put in a position. But there's, there is a different level of thought when you go from a sense of urgency to a state of an emergency. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you operate differently, right? Yes. Everything's a sense of urgency and you operate at a certain level of understanding, knowledge, resiliency, you know, academics. They, they, they allow you to operate in that mode. But the minute it becomes a state of an emergency, all of a sudden you think differently. All of a sudden you exercise muscles you didn't have before. All of a sudden you pull out resources out of somewhere that you didn't realize they were there. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a whole other ball game. Yeah. Right? And there's with the it, pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What the what, what COVID did was it forced those to go from a uh, sense of urgency thinking Depends. and mindset to a uh, state of an emergency. And those that did and pivoted and reinvented and rebranded and reinvigorated and recreated are still here today better yeah. than they were before. Right. And I think um, I think I want to add on to that and correct me if I'm wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. As a strategist, I'm going to be pushing this, you know, being able to look ahead. If you have a strategy in place, okay, it's easier to make that pivot than it is if you are acting in the moment without mm -hmm. any plan in place. You know, mm -hmm. a, a perfect example is, you know, as just like you, as a consultant mentor, when, when COVID kicked in, all life events stopped, okay? But because of the fact that I had a strategy for my business, a long-term strategy for my business, and part of that strategy was I wanted to ultimately introduce an e-learning system for those small business owners that could not afford my mentoring and consulting services. Mm. And so what I did was business had stopped, you know, what am I going to do? Well, I turned around and started developing and spent the next 20, 21 months building this e-learning system. And, and, the, and the thing is, is looking ahead and then taking advantage of the market times and what's happening in the industry and, and really taking advantage of how you can pivot to take advantage of those opportunities that is presenting is critical. And even if it's an emergency situation and you are having to pivot, at least you have some kind of a, a roadmap 
to go by. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I totally would agree with that. And the last word you said is critical. The last phrase, a roadmap. A roadmap, yes. Um, Anyone who's serious about pursuing any level of success is delusional if they think they're going to arrive without a roadmap. Right, right. You just winging it is not a strategy. Yeah, no, that's exactly and prayer it. is for yeah. church. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So how can organizational leaders foster a culture of resilience within their teams? Well, I, I think you have to use role models. Let me, let me give you what. So my background in psychology, I understand the way the brain works and behavioral sciences. That's my background, consumer behavioral sciences. So people tend to do what others do. They tend to emulate what others do. So if you have someone that is uh, in, in a group setting, right? But a group setting could be three. It doesn't have to be 300, it could be three. It could be your own house, right? If you have one person that is exhibiting uh, lazy, uh, complacent, um, just getting by, person gives up, uh, gives up quickly. And that person, um, if that doesn't get called out, then by default, others will see that as being okay. Not that you beat people up or you, you're nasty or mean to them, but if someone is doing something not healthy, you point out in a very respectful way that the, the habits of that person probably is not going to get that person very, very far. And anybody else who exhibits the same habits probably is going to get very, very far. So you take the stuff that's negative, some uh, a person, and again, in the corporate setting, whatever bad habits they have, whatever lack of resiliency habits they have, you showcase them in a way that it makes that person aware that chances of you succeeding are slim. But it also sends a message to the others. You don't want to be like Jack. <laughs> yeah, you don't, no, definitely, but then, definitely. Then, but then you then you look at Phil, and Phil gets to work early. Phil accepts the challenge. Phil stays late. Phil's close uh, uh, next in line for a promotion. Phil's make a little bit more money. Phil doesn't give up quickly. Phil, and that's the, um, the the attributes that you highlight and you promote. So you lift both people up. But one of them, most people are going to realize, I want to be like that one. I don't want to be like the other one. Yeah. And yeah. in a corporate environment, you've got both of them. You've got the Phil's and you've got the Jack's. Yeah. Right? yeah. If you're a good leader, you'll know how to maneuver the conversation where Phil is highlighted and Phil is, is the role model to be emulated. Jack is highlighted, but also um, uh, made people, it helps people understand Jack is not who I want to be like. I understand Jack. Yeah, they talked about Jack, but not for the good reasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's about having balance and promoting what you expect your people to uh, to showcase. Excellent. Excellent. So can resilience be measured? It can. You know, look, I, I, I'm a developer of sales groups, right? And, and I have my own company. I have my own salespeople. One person... If they, ha- they have the same product, same 24 hours a day. It rains for one, it rains for the other. Yeah. When I was in New York, um, when it would snow, it wouldn't just snow in the Bronx and everybody else is sunny. <laughs> if it snowed in Queens, it snowed in the Bronx, it snowed in the, it snowed everywhere. <laughs> so why is it that, <laughs> why is it that you'd have 
two people, and this is the financial services business that I have, right. two people, they both speak English. They both are in their right mind. It's snowing. I get it. But a week later, one has more production than the other. How's that possible? Right. So can you measure resiliency? Yeah. Just look at the one who is doing more in the same conditions. That's resilient. Right. I I had a guy one time who was uh, he had a serious surgery. So he he was he was, you know, he was uh, on the sidelines for a bit. And there was a contest. We had a contest to go to Hawaii. And uh, no one, no one thought this guy was going to win. It's a five month contest. It was already three and a half months in. He wasn't going to do it. The guy made it. And seven weeks, he made the trip. Resiliency. He wasn't going to let surgery stop him from bringing. And I said, when I, when I asked him, it was, was Todd. I said, Todd, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm, I like to, I understand how people think. So you're laying up in bed. You've got a pretty serious surgery. The last thing you're thinking about is, is prospecting for financial services sales, right? I get that, you know, but here you come out of the gate, um, barely recovered. And in seven weeks, you do more than those that were in the contest for the four and a half months before you. I said, I got to ask you, brother, what in the world went through your mind? You know what he said? I promised my kids that we'd go to Hawaii next year because it's an annual trip. He said, I didn't want to let them down. Wow. Yeah. That's resilience. But yeah. it goes back to what you and I said earlier. He had a reason yeah. to fight because he right. made a promise to his kids. We're going to Hawaii. And in seven weeks, he did, that's how you measure resiliency. Wow. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So looking to the future, do you see the role of resilience evolving as the business landscape continues to change? I I do. And I think that what's going to happen is things become more and more competitive. Those that are resilient in reinventing themselves and becoming very clever in ways that they market and brand themselves uh, is important. I'll give you another example. So I did a podcast a few days ago and the topic of my podcast, it actually um airs this coming week the topic of my podcast was how do you find your voice finding your voice and how do you make yourself memorable in a crowded arena right how do you make your message in a echo chamber of everybody else sounding the same exactly Mm -hmm. how do you do that i said well it's going to take resiliency it's going to take resiliency for you to develop something fresh something new something that can separate you from the pack. You're going to have to develop new skills, new talents, new ways to communicate that leaves you memorable in the minds of others who see a bunch of other people who do exactly what you do. Yeah, yeah. That's where, that's where the future resiliency uh, it has to fall into is how badly do you want to reinvent yourself in order right. for you to separate yourself from the pack? Otherwise, you're going to be the average Joe Schmo. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. You know, I uh, deal with small business owners that are going through a lot of this stuff on a regular basis, you know. Um, You know, that brings me to my next question, you know, for someone feeling overwhelmed and on the brink of giving up, what would be your immediate advice to help them regain their 
resilience? I think it's important, and it, it goes back a little bit to what we spoke of earlier. It, you have to go back and remind yourself why you started in the first place. Yes. If Yeah. But if you've got nothing that you've written down that you can remind yourself about. <laughs> oh, yes. It can't right? be up here. <laughs> no. It can't be up here. Yes. No. You have to be able to say, okay, wait a minute. I know it's difficult. Things are tough. This, that, and the other. But I'm hanging in there because of this, that, and the other. Yeah. Uh, that's how you can reinvigorate um, your desire uh, to stay put, to stay the course, to be resilient. It doesn't mean that you don't get discouraged. And I think right. that's part of the problem. My background in psychology, I think people sometimes beat themselves up. They think of themselves having some kind of uh, debilitating uh, personality disorder because they get discouraged. No, discouragement is part of the human experience. Exactly. Disappointment is part of the human experience. Every now and then you can, ex you can experience uh, depression not in a clinical way, but in a way that is human, you get so down and in dumps that you just don't want to do anything. But that's, that's, you know, a place that a lot of us who are ambition can arrive at, right? Yeah. It's okay to give yourself permission to be discouraged. Yeah. Give yourself permission to be disappointed. Give yourself permission to be discouraged and, dis and, and depressed, but don't stay there. Yeah. And then, you know, as, as we like to say to my granddaughter, suck it up, buttercup. You know? Yeah. That's it. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. You, hey, you, you, you know what? It's okay to, to, to get down okay on yourself. To have those, you know, I tell myself, okay, that's fine. It happened. Let's go to bed. Let's wake up the next morning and start over again. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You know, that's it's right. Just, it's, it's, you know, it's been a pleasure having you on this show. You know, thank you. Um, thank you, Dana. And, 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 a lot of this that we've been talking about does get back to a lot of our emotional capabilities of, you know, our emotional quotients, our, our, our you know, uh, how we look at ourselves is where a lot of this comes out. And if we can't look at ourselves and accept our limitations or learn to get past our limitations, like you said, you're a psychologist, you know, you, you know all of this. Mm -hmm. um, but our audience members out there don't. That's right. You know, and they need to understand that, you know, there's a reason that you are hitting those brick walls. You need to find out what is that underlying reason? You know, uh, with me, I found out early, you know, not long ago, even I found out that the reason I was hitting that brick wall and couldn't convert, you know, after I'd worked months on one project was because I knew once I crossed over that line and converted, I had to deliver, mm -hmm. okay? And receive the rewards for what I had worked for. And that's difficult for someone to understand that after so many years, you believe you had the capabilities, but then all of a sudden you get to the point of getting those rewards and something happens. And you realize it's you that happens. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, that's exactly really right. Happens, and you've got to push yourself over that 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 line. You know, and that's what we as entrepreneurs need to understand. We're all the same. We mm -hmm. all have those those mental blocks, those limitations, and unless we can understand them and push through them, we're going to always have those challenges that are going to beat down our resilience. You know? That's right. So, 
So we're coming up on the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio. And thank you, Jay, for joining us today and shedding light on how we as entrepreneurs can be, can be faced with the many challenges and disappointments and still remain unwavering in our commitment, okay? So how can our audience members find out more about you and what you have to offer? If, do you have anything you want to offer to our audience members? You, you, you let us know. <laughs> well, I, you know, we have the, uh, by the time this book, uh, this uh, show airs, my book will be out. It'll be in pre-order by that point. So the book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, uh, which incidentally, some of the things we're talking about here today, you'll find in that book. Yeah. That book will be available on Amazon. You can purchase a, a copy. And I, I encourage people purchase a copy for yourself and then purchase a copy and give it away to someone who really needs to read it. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Right? Say, the, say the name of that book, Jay. 10 Toxic Traits that keep you broke, busted, and disgusted. That's a great title. <laughs> yes, yes. That and, is a uh, great um, title. So how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can go directly to my site. Uh, there's two ways. J, the, uh, thejmamie.com. Thejmamie.com. Uh, they can also send me an email. J at the thejmamie. But I'm a, uh, they can find me on Instagram. LinkedIn, Facebook, VJ Mamie are those handles there. Uh, and I encourage people to go to my radio talk show. They'll love the content, the jmamietalkshow.com. No, excellent. Excellent. Thank you once again, Jay. So this Thanks for having me. This concludes our podcast for today. And please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to us on or go to Charged Up Studios Facebook page and leave a review there. Uh, Charged Up Studio is the product of Marketatomy LLC and Marketatomy Academy, the e-learning system designed specifically with you, the micro, micro business owner in mind. For more information and to register for our mini courses, go to Marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot Academy. And until next week, where we bring another exciting guest for you to learn some of the skills and everything else that you need in order to launch your, your growing business and grow it, um, go out and have a charged up week. Again, Dan Olivo with Charged Up Studio. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dan Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live, and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.